0: Are
1: you working? What kind of work do you do? We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. <laughs> boy, boy, what
0: is it you want to do when you grow up?
2: Do it live!
0: I'll write it and we'll do it live!
1: And a past will to the end zone. to the oh. The Philadelphia Eagles
3: are Super Bowl champions! Evening. From the makeshift studios in Mullica Hill, New Jersey, it's talking Ish with your commish back for our first episode officially <clears throat> of the Fantasy Football League season. Doesn't feel good to be back. You kind of felt like football ain't eh, not going to happen. Sports not going to happen. They're happening. And while it was a little different, a little, little bit different than what we're used to, football was back. And I'll be honest with you. I'm, I woke up early because every time football comes around, I get excited no matter what. This time it did feel a little bit different though. I woke up, I made my coffee, I did all the things that I normally do. I turned on the TV and I sat there and I watched pregame coverage pretty much from nine o'clock until the games came on. And the whole time during the uh, pregame coverage <clears throat> didn't really do it for me. It didn't get me too excited. There was a few things that piqued my interest, my curiosity. A lot of things I found out about what happened in the league, players going here and there, and I'm like, when the fuck did that happen? <clears throat> haven't been paying attention. Pretty much blindly drafted my fantasy football squad. Pro- probably shows. But the whole time I'm sitting there watching, I'm really not that excited about what's about to happen. Until around 1 o'clock, I got the two TV set up going on, Eagles up top, waiting for that game to come on, and the countdown. Three, two, one. Scott Hansen on my screen welcoming me back as though I am part of the family back to the NFL Red Zone experience. I mean, what's better than football that's been pieced together to fit your attention span? Because all you want to see is the highlights. You got a fantasy squad. You want to know where the action's at. I don't give a fuck that some guy got tackled for a two-yard loss. I want to know when the touchdowns happen, the big plays, the things that are exciting And the best part about NFL Red Zone, if I may digress for a second, or not digress, divert myself for a second, um, late in games, when things are tight, they play like the last few minutes of every single game, and they bounce back and forth to the action. What more could you ask for? It's like having your own personal butler that's switching between the universe of games to the most important parts. Red Zone's dope. Got me so excited and back into football. And then, simultaneously, I had to watch that shit show. Circus of a performance from our own hometown Philadelphia Eagles. First of all, let's acknowledge, okay, we got a lot of problems. Injuries, mostly. Injuries to our pretty much entire offensive line. No real starting running back, I'm sorry. Mark, I know you drafted Boston Scott, but come on. He's a change of pace guy. He's hardly a starting running back. So with Boston Scott, Corey Clement, and whoever the fuck else they rolled out there on Sunday, not going to get it done, especially when you got no offensive line to run it by But if I have to blame one person and one person alone for that monstrosity we watched on Sunday, it's Doug Pedersen. Coach D. Coach DP, double penetration, Doug. He had scripted plays in the beginning. He scored some touchdowns. He got ahead. Then you got to recognize, you know, game time situation. You can't just continue to play as though you're some genius who has scripted a game plan that is so foolproof that any player at any position can run it. You're not Bill Belichick. I'm sorry. That's a unique thing to be able to do. I know you beat them in the Super Bowl, but let's be honest with you, a lot of things went our way that year, didn't they? Outside of injuries and all the things that went against us, the things at the times that mattered went our way. The aggressive fourth down calls, the aggressive play in general, generally yielded to our direction. And I have no problem with Doug being aggressive. But sometimes when you don't have the personnel to perform, you've got to take a fucking step back. You got to pump the brakes on what you can do, especially if you get a lead in a game against a shitty team because you could have easily managed that game to a point where if your offense doesn't constantly turn the ball over and create opportunistic field position for the opposition, then you can fucking just bleed out the clock with that lead. But you get aggressive because you get a little, you know, Wind it in your sails with these first few touchdowns. And then you get into trouble because one thing you have failed to do as a coach with this quarterback in particular is protect him. This guy gets hit like it has to be. I, I mean, I haven't looked up the stats, but he has to get hit in the top five of any quarterback in this league. I mean, Carson's getting hit almost every fucking series, like in hard. Driven into the ground, and this guy who has a fucking series of injuries, he hears footsteps. You know, it's like the ghost of injuries past. He's getting hit constantly. He's he's just scared out there. And when you don't have a basically any starting defense or offensive lineman outside of like your center and your guard, I mean, this is what happens. <coughs> your quarterback gets hit, so you got to adjust the game plan to. Quick hits, running plays, even if it's not working, just keep attacking it, especially if you have a lead. There's no need to go get crazy and get aggressive because what happened in that game, in my opinion, is you got a lead, you got aggressive, you turn the ball over, things happen. But then you continued to be aggressive despite not having an offensive line, and your quarterback was getting hit early in the game. So then, this is where I'm going to come at Carson a little bit, you know, your quarterback is a guy, the kind of guy that tries to make up for the other players on his team. And that gets him into trouble because he's not that good. He's not good enough to make up for shitty players. Let's just face the facts. That's not who he is. My man, he's fumbled the football 48 times in his career in 57 games. 48 fucking times in 57 games. That's almost a fumble a game. And that's not to mention the interceptions he's thrown. He's been hit so many times and injured so many times that I think he plays scared. So when we get into a game-time situation where he's got a turnstile of an offensive line and you've got pretty much all pros coming at you on that defensive line from Washington, some pretty f- they're like murderers on that defensive line, he gets hit, he gets scared. Those balls are going to start to sail over guys' heads even when he has time. And you saw that. You saw him sail so many open fucking wide receivers. And I thought in general, you know, the, the wide receivers and the quarterback were out of sync, but I liked a lot of what I saw out of those guys. I mean, the drops, I can't live with. Like on the, especially the Ertz one, it's a tight end, but God, that was a bad drop. Especially from a guy that's bitching about, I want a contract, I want a contract. You got to help your quarterback out, get him some confidence. The NFL is all about momentum. If you don't maintain momentum, On a drive or series, and you give that momentum back to the other team, which is exactly what happened on that first turnover, and then the subsequent series of events that followed, this is what happens. The fourth down is really where the momentum for me shifted. The fourth down, the failed fourth down conversion for the Eagles, Carson Wentz gets sacked on a very obvious play call. That was it. That's when I knew they were going to lose the fucking game. Because the momentum completely shifted. So blame all around. Doug Peterson, for I think just mismanaging the game and not having a pulse, I think that's just rust. What I've seen from Doug is that he's really shitty in the beginning of the year. He's the kind of guy that he's got to make a bunch of mistakes, learn the lesson the hard way, and he comes in the back half strong. So if I can say one thing, I have hope and optimism for this team still. You saw the glimpses. I mean, the few play calls in the beginning of the game where we scored the few touchdowns that we the three the three touchdowns that we scored, they were all beautiful play. and and like the whole drive they were beautiful drives, and that's that's still Doug, so the potential is there and we know that as the year goes on, he gets a little bit better, so I'm not that worried. What worries me is the injuries, but I think he can overcome that. It's just to me it starts with Doug. We lost that game because. Doug Peterson makes this team of, honestly, in some positions, average players, and elevates them, I think, to a better level. So when that doesn't happen, when Doug doesn't lead that charge, this is the result. I think the coach has a lot of influence. The NFL is probably the one sport of all the major sports where you can say confidently that the coach has a major impact on the performance of the team. That's not true of baseball. I think it's true in hockey. Um, NBA, you could literally, I could coach some of these NBA players. It's just about who can jump high and shoot, shoot well. And it's not Ben Simmons. Anyway, the reason I have optimism for the Eagles is because I know this guy has shown me the last few seasons that he can start shitty and it can get really bad. I'm not saying it's not going to get worse from here for a few games, but somewhere along the line, he figures it out. I do think he's a good coach. Good coaches have bad games sometimes. Doug Peterson's had a lot of bad games. Like, this isn't the first bad game from Doug Peterson. It's not the first bad game from Carson Wentz. And I think Carson follows a lot of the lead from Doug. When Doug has the right game plan, Carson can be really effective. And that's what you saw in the Super Bowl year before he got hurt. Doug had a very effective game management style for Carson. And then he adapted that with with Nick Foles afterward. A completely different strategy. The guy can work with quarterbacks and figure out how do we play to their strengths. Now, he gets aggressive, he gets greedy, and it burns him sometimes, which is what happened here in Washington. But he'll live and die by it. And that's why you got to kind of respect the fact that Doug he lives and dies by the sword. He goes hard. He tries some stuff. Sometimes it blows up in his face. And, so, and he's going to take the fucking punishment from us saying that this game's on him. And it is. Now, again, I feel good. Not to worry, guys. Not all is lost. You may see a few more stinkers. <laughs> but this isn't a team that I think is going to just fall apart. I really don't. Unless, unless like, you know, things get really sideways. Like, if Carson gets hurt again early on, like, serious injury. I mean, I know everybody wants to do quarterback controversy with Jalen Hurts, but I doubt that that kid's ready to step in and, and do anything. So you want Carson to be your quarterback. You want him to figure it out. And I think this team has every capability to do that. I saw a lot of good things. Wide receiver core. I mean, it's a lot of, like, no names. It's Greg Ward. Uh, new kids, like Jalen, uh, Jalen Rhaegar Targaryen. Um, you got the Hightower kid who dropped a lot of balls. But they were open. They'd catch those balls. It's a different story. J.J. Arthur J. with the I mean, there's there's names, there's talent. It's just can these guys turn it on? I think Jalen Rager is the real deal. And Dave, I know I gave you a hard time about. Hey, you you reach for him. Because like the only reason I said you reach for him is because there's a lot of places to spread the ball in the Eagles, and historically speaking, outside of the tight end position, the wide receivers really aren't that productive from a fantasy standpoint. So, I mean, Jalen Rager may be the exception if he can become a true number one threat. So. That was my point. But I really do think he's the real deal. And over time, he could become like a Deshaun Jackson type. You saw a little bit of speed on that real real big uh, catch that he had. Anyway, enough on that garbage. It did ruin my weekend a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. I hate watching bad football. Um, But luckily, we had some good performances around the league that made me smile, right? Especially Kyler Murray. What uh, What a fucking thing that might turn out to be. I, I'm going to sit here and predict right now, and it's not just because he's my fantasy football quarterback, but I really think that Kyler Murray might be the the Lamar Jackson talk of the league type thing this year. I I could see that happening. Knock on wood that he doesn't now tear his entire fucking body in half because I'm now jinxing him. I, I was really interested in this whole Cam Newton in New England storyline. They won. Tom Brady lost. I mean, that doesn't really tell us anything. At the end of the day, it comes down to what happens at the end of the year. But it's a pretty fun fun start to that storyline, especially because Tom pretty much looked, mm, that team is still a bad team. It's just, can they figure it out and become a decent team and then have Tom Brady take them to that next level? And is he still that guy? I don't know. I really enjoy watching Russell Wilson play. I'm so jealous that Stein took him. Stein took him like I was... He was coming on the wrap. I'm like, I'm going to get him. And then fucking Stein took him. And I kicked myself for not taking him before the wrap started. Because Russell Wilson, I think, is going to be the MVP of the league this year. The guy has been probably the MVP of the league every single year. It's just he's he's not selfish. Watching that guy play football is fun. I mean, he does things on the football field. like I, I feel like he's the most underrated player probably in the NFL. I'll go with that far. Because the Seattle Seahawks are not—I uh, mean, in general, generally speaking, it's not the team that won those Super, like the Super Bowl, and then went to the Super Bowl the very next year and lost because their coach is stupid. They're 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 pretty average team that has a great quarterback and a few weapons and a coach that knows how to get the most out of average talent. I really like watching the Seahawks play. I mean, I I fucking hate them because of their fans and that whole fucking. Stupid little thing they do with thirteenth man or whatever, but who was Russell Wilson fun to watch. So that's just a cute few observations from from uh my first week here in the NFL. So uh let's move on from this and get into what really matters at the fantasy football matchups in the week that was. This week's weekly recap is brought to you by Heineken. Wrote this rhyme of two or three Heineken's and boy was they fine, G. One black, one Spanish, one China. Okay, I'll stop. Uh but uh yeah, let's go week one week one, 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 week one. Right, 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 All right, right. Alright, baby. Week one. Founding quarter Fantasy Football League in our first matchup we had ML taking on Joe. And uh you know, both teams showed up to play, but one had a two point advantage for the most part to get the win led by Adam. Sometimes I get a good feeling. and the New Orleans defense, Joe gets the win over NL, 119.5 to 117.5. In our next matchup, we had a battle of two teams that had a stinky weekend. Rob Stonkowski, Dave, versus BJ, the Ch- Chikaka Kid. A little reference to poop, I think. Uh, it was Dave who was able to get the edge uh, led by the Ezekiel Elliott performance. Dave gets his first win of the season. With a 99.85 win over B.J.'s 91.75. In our next matchup, we had a battle. uh, An old championship battle rematch of Stein versus the Kamish. And the horse from Thunder Cunts really brought the Thunder. Russell Wilson with 43 points. Christian McCaffrey putting the mushroom stamp on the team. 27 of his own. And a nice little performance from the defense at 12 points. All in all... Both teams really showed up to play, but it was Stein who got the victory, 146.8 to 135.3. In our next matchup, we had Sleepy Joe, Jake, taking on uh, Spack, Daniels Whiskey, Mark Spack. And uh, Mark showed up a little bit better in this one, led by Tom Brady, Chris Carson, Calvin Ridley, just overtaking Jake, 128.25 to 110.6. And in our game of the week, turn the music off for this part. In our game of the week, did I turn the music off? Paolo? Turn it up. Yeah, it's gone. In our game of the week, we had the battle of the Zacks. Two Zacks taking on each other. One, the former champion. One, Zach Maron. Lamar, the smelly Tall versus Maron. A battle of two French Zacks. Um... You know, Smelly Farter, we told him, we gave him a hard time on the podcast last week saying that he was the poo poo team. And uh he showed up a little bit, but not enough, because Zach's team, Zach Marron showed up bigger. Led by Deshaun Watson, Edwards hello. <laughs> and um Devontae Adams and his thirty five fucking point performance and Mark Andrews. Holy shit, what a beast. A big target for Lamar Jackson. So uh Lamar Jackson was a uh, Fox's top scorer just, just throwing touchdowns to Zach's tight end. That's how it goes in fantasy football. It's all about matchups. Zach Marron wins the Battle of the Zachs. Top Zach for right now, at least this year, 146.65 to 116.95. And it is uh, my pleasure to announce our first MVP of the season with 146.8 points beating the commission this week, Stein. Is your MVP and the proud winner of $5 cash money? Now, Stein, being the big dick motherfucker that he is, badass motherfucker, stepped up to the commission, gonna take the commissioner's challenge for a rematch of week one for a chance to win five extra dollars cash money. Bring it on, brother. We're right here in the makeshift studios. Anyway, let's get into our power rankings uh, for the week, where we review, you know, you and your team and judge you. I don't like to do it, but I got to do it. But remember, there can't be Pico power rankings unless... Unless
1: you've got power! <laughs> Here we go.
3: Number 10. Number 10, surprising. I don't know that he's ever been on this spot in the list at number 10. At 0-1 with a 91.75 performance is Uncle BJ the Chickaka Kid. Uncle BJ didn't show up to the draft. We ranked him pretty highly, I believe, in the last podcast. I don't check these things. And now, stinker of a performance in week one. But BJ can bounce back. He's done it before. I have a feeling that he'll be back. So don't count him out. But right now, BJ coming in at number 10. Number 9. Number 9. 110.6-point performance this week is Jake. Just not enough points to merit any higher of a ranking on the power rankings. One thing I would suggest. You're riding the loser right now, if I'm being honest with you. I don't care about national polls, but Sleepy Joe. I mean, do we really think he's going to win? The guy's propped up on, you know, strings and stuff. Maybe switch your name to something Trumpish. And you'll have better Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> I'm drunk. We need to get going. Jake coming in at number nine. Number eight. Coming in at number eight. The smelly Fartar himself. Losing in the Battle of the zacks this week. The Fartar. Not his best performance. Not his best week one performance. But this is Zefo, A former champion. He may be able to figure it out. But this is probably the worst squad I've seen him take into a regular season in my time as commissioner here at your fantasy, Fanny Fire Fantasy Football eight zifo coming in at number eight. Number seven. Number seven. ML coming in at zero and one right now. Tough game this week. Lost by a few points to Jofe. That's the uh, that's the way they fall. You know, you just gotta take them in stride. ML has been kind of like the six, seven seed guy throughout the. Uh, History of the league, except for the cuck here, of course. Can Mike get back to prominence? Remains to be seen early in the season. It's only one game, boys. Do these power rankings mean anything? Do you really do they get you hard? I don't know. Mike at number seven. Number six. Number six solely for the fact that he got a win, and that matters here in the power rankings. Wins matter. You take advantage of the wins you can get. Ninety nine point eight five point performance but a win nonetheless, Dave coming in at number 6. That's it. That's all I got to say cuz we're playing each other this week. So come at me, bro. Come get me. David number 6. Number 5. Coming in at number 5, 1 and 0. Uh pretty good week, beating Mike is Jove. jove got enough to get it done. Jove is the king of the low point total win. No one does better than Jove. But he also loses a lot of close games. That's like the Achilles heel for Jove. But he also wins a lot of low-point total games. So we'll see. Can he keep it going? That momentum, it's just something that seems to find. Jove coming in at number five. Number four. Number four. Pat myself on the back here is the Kamish. Kamish lost his game. But he lost to a team that really came out to play in week one. Kamish put up a very respectable 135.3 points. And despite losing my guys on the bench, I picked up a lot of good free agents this week. You guys are fucked. I'm coming for that ace. Team looked pretty good out the gate in week one. I'm pretty happy. Could have been a lot worse. So watch out for the fucking commish coming in at number four. Number three. Number three, 1-0. Uh, very solid performance. We had him higher ranked on this list, but just... Sometimes you gotta put up more points to to keep your ranks, bro. Uh, Mark took a nice trip up to Maine with his wife and his dogs. Maybe he was sleeping a little bit to get those extra points to hold on to that spot we gave him last week. But hey, number three is respectable. A lot of a lot of good stuff coming out of Mark's squad this week. Mark coming in at number three. Number two. Number two, rising up on the power rankings the top Zach, Zach Maron. 1-0, 146.65 point performance, missing the MVP by like a point in less than a half. I can't do the math right now, okay? It's hard. Uh, Zach Maron, once again proving that he's a formidable force here, as long as he pays attention to the squad. Don't get ADD, Zach, and forget. Don't forget. Number one. Number one, putting the whopping on the commish this week with a 146.8 performance and an MVP-like performance is Steino. Steino the reclino. Won the gulag, I think won the draft, and now is winning the league in the top position with his 1-0 start, most points four. You get the number one power rankings with the commish. So congratulations to Stein for being week one's top team. Let's go to you, the listener, because that's the best part of this podcast. You suffer through me rambling for 45 fucking minutes, and then we get to this part where you get to hear from your fellow mates. We're going to start with Dave, who oh, I think is a little confused.
4: Brent, I will take you on the Commissioner's Challenge,
3: if you so, please. Dave, I think you are about to realize on your own, and I'll have to tell you, that you got to be MVP to take on the commish. The commish just doesn't fork up $5 for 99 Point eight five point performances. Let's hear Dave out.
4: I think I got that wrong. I think you have to be MVP to do that challenge. But if you want to do a challenge, Brent, $10, let's go. Enjoy our daily fantasy too. Come on, dude. Join it. Fresh lineup every week. Don't worry about injuries. It's great. Everybody should join. Let's get this thing big.
3: All right. 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 I'll take you on $10. Me and you. Gentleman's bet handshake, virtually, but it's on. If you accept, text me that you accept, and it's on. $10, $10, $10. Uh, I'll do you one better. I'll do you $10 and a sandwich. How's that? $10 and a sandwich. That's like a $15 value for this bet. What do you say? What do you say? I upped your ante, Dave. $10 and a sandwich. A nice sandwich, too, like a primo hoagie, or like something like that, or cheesesteak. Something good. Ten dollars in a sandwich. Ten dollars a sandwich bet me and Dave this week. Hoorah. It's fun too. Cause we're playing each other. That's the whole point. That's why he that's why he challenged me. So let's do it, Dave. Come on. It's on. Like Don Kong. Let's go to uh, go to ML.
5: Week one in the books, dude. And Mark's blowing his load on someone that's not even officially a starter. You know, you could have gone at least after Naheem Hines or whatever his name is. Frank got him for a steal though. Yeah, I'll bid me. I really needed him. I don't trust Miles Sanders and my team is dog shit. I really don't want to be paintball, dude, but it's probably going to happen. I just don't want to.
3: Fear not, dude. There's worse teams than you. I do truly believe that. I do. And, uh, you know, yeah, Mark Mark did blow his load a little bit. He over overpaid for a guy, you know, I don't even think he needed. His team's pretty good, as it is.
1: <laughs>
3: Fuck. But yeah, I mean What are you gonna do? Sometimes you overpay. If Mark uh gets value out of it, he can say I told you so. Probably not gonna have Mark. Mike's probably gonna be right. You probably blew your load on one transaction in week one. While I gotta steal.
6: Ooh.
3: Ooh. But Marlon Mack being out for the year, that's depressing to me. That sucks.
2: Anyway, let's hear Mark. So, I'm trying to think of some some shit to say, to share with you, story, something entertaining, but I don't really have that much. Came home from Maine after a week long of hiking and eating lobster every fucking day. It was delicious. Um, Watched the birds lose. That really sucked. Uh, Blew my load in fantasy waiver wire week one pickups. Uh, We'll see how that pans out. Uh, Kind of nervous about the Eagles Week 2 To be honest Not looking too great But I did get a win over Jake In week 1 in fantasy My fantasy team in the Farter League is looking pretty good Um You know Don't hate on my team Don't hate on my squad ESPN put me number 1 for power rankings for a reason Let's fucking go Let's go
3: Let's go I forgot to fucking put that sounder in. Remind me, Mark. We have that sounder. I'm going to try to figure it out maybe after our break here. Yeah, but uh, don't be worried about the Eagles, dude. I'm glad you had fun on vacation. But, you know, the Eagles will be fine. We got the Rams this weekend. Generally speaking, we kind of own them. We do. Knock on wood. Carson Wentz has played really well against them. So I'll hang my hat on that. The Rams do look much improved from last year where, you know, they had just depletion because of Todd Gurley's decline. But I think they've replaced those parts, and now they look they look decent. They look good against Dallas. They got the win. That's all that matters, right? So we'll take them on. We'll bounce back, Mark. Don't worry, Dougie P.
5: Go figure it out. Let's go to ML again. For those of us uh, who's in the Discord chat, how's everyone like it, man? Any gripes, any grunt, you know? Does anyone, does anyone have any objections to it? I like it so far as a chat function. Um, and a picture sharing function and a link sharing function, but videos and the notifications are kind of meh, Yeah. but those are pretty minor. I don't know. Brent, let me know what you think. I've been thinking about this a lot, man. I think
3: I'm having a harder time keeping up with the group chat because of discord and it's not a knock on discord. It's just, there's one component. It's one fucking thing that they do, uh, That's, it's just ineffective, that communication. It's the notifications. I go back into the group chat. And maybe it's just because you guys are talking in it more. I don't know. But, like, I get, like, fucking 575 different lines of text that I have to read. That's a lot of text to read. Like, I can't get caught up on all that. I'm skimming through that shit. You better believe. I'm looking for, like, the big nuggets. I'm looking for the conversations that, like, like subject matter. I'm not going line by line. I can't. I don't have that kind of time, man. I don't know how you guys, like, fucking text that much throughout the day. I hardly check my phone. Like, I don't check my phone once throughout the day. That's how crazy my work has been. I mean, I wish I could contribute. I feel like a dick for not contributing. But I think Discord is just, it's a great application. I mean, me and Dave rave about it. But the notification system needs something. It needs something. That Google Google Chat had... A little bit better. But being honest. Now, I'm not saying I want to go back to Gchat because I think the pros of Discord outweigh that con. Being able to share media and not have it be, like, retarded. Can we say that? Oh, we can't say that word either, can we? God damn it. I just can't say anything fun anymore. Can't say that word. Can't say the F word. What can we say? Jesus. Can I even say Jesus? No, that's fucking probably racist to somebody. Like Christians. Can you be racist to Christians? They're not a race, they're a religion. Religionist. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's go off to somebody else. Let's go to let's go to Dave before I this gets out of hand.
4: Whoa, 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 whoa. Brian. Let me get this straight. What is the reason you have both Apple and SoundCloud? Is the sole reason because of Joe? And are we paying for that? Is that coming out of our dues? If so. Shouldn't we just buy Jove collectively the cheapest iPhone and it would pay for itself in the long term? And you could just cancel your SoundCloud? What's going on here? Can you imagine not having an iPhone?
3: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I agree with you on the point that I think Jove should have an iPhone. I mean, I don't know a lot about Android and I know Jove's a PC guy. I think there's a connection to that, at least. So tell us, Jove. Call in with a sounder. Explain to us your choice to go droid. I mean, Apple just makes it easy. Everybody has it. And makes Maybe that makes me a conformist. I don't know. But I just I prefer But anyway, back to your question, Dave, on why do we have Apple and SoundCloud. SoundCloud is actually the host of this podcast. That's the, that's the area I upload all the episodes to. And then I link that RSS feed. Uh, through Apple Podcasts, so that's how we get on there. I'm looking now, because like ever since Joe Rogan moved to Spotify, I've been looking into like can anyone just move to Spotify, and I'm I'm not really sure the answer to that question. But if if we can, I'd much prefer to be on that platform because that's something that everybody can enjoy. Not people that I don't need to find this. That's why my name's not attached to it. If you look on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, it's there's my name's not anywhere. It says the Commish and if you don't know who that is you know, but yeah, you could figure it out listening to it. I say my name a lot on the podcast, say a lot more shit than I should. So anyway, I have rambled and I don't think I answered your question. We do not pay for SoundCloud because of Joe. That's not why. It's not an Android Apple thing. It's solely the fact that we host the podcast on SoundCloud and that's why we go that route. So I have a link and obviously Joe doesn't have Apple podcasts. That's why I send two links, but it's no, it's not inconvenient for me. It's basically what I'm saying. I post it first to SoundCloud, and then it uploads to my subscribers on Apple Podcasts. So there you go. we got a story from Steino next. Checking in. Steino, the reclano.
0: So uh, I wanted to uh, talk about what my father-in-law and I were <laughs> arguing about. It drove me nuts. So... Long story short, Margaret had to go get a new inspection in PA. And so you send it to like a mechanic, they inspect it, you pass, okay, they put the stickers on for you, end of story. So what happened was, uh, a while back, Margaret had a uh, flat tire on her rear, so we ended up getting two new rear tires. Um, Then when it got to inspection time, like six months had passed, they put the two rear tires on the front and the old front tires on the back. And he said, "Listen, your front tire, your front tires, which are now your rear tires, barely pass inspection. They're at three thirty seconds, which the minimum is two thirty seconds of tread left. So, like, they were like on their way out, and they were the original tires we bought with the car, which I understood. So, no biggie. Now, when I told my father-in-law this in casual conversation, he was like so confused on why they put these bad tires." on the rear because now when i get in two new tires i'm going to have to put the fresh tires on the front axle and i told him that's completely wrong i was like i don't know about that so i i looked it up while we were on the phone with him and like every internet google search said listen you never put fresh new tires like if you're only getting two a pair on the front axle. That's a myth. You always put them on the rear tire. It doesn't matter if your car is front-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive. You always put the new tires on the back axle. And the dude was adamant that I was wrong. And he said to me, I quote, it doesn't matter what the internet says, it's wrong. Now, of course, this is the same type of guy who believes everything he reads on the internet about the political candidates (laughs) like Joe Biden or whatever. So it just blew my mind. And I was like, Dad, what are you talking? Like, I'm on like scientific websites here. If you go to the like Goodyear or like Cooper tires, like any of their websites list that. Like they say, do not put our two new tires on the front of the car. Put them on the back. And he was like adamant. Like he was. It's like I don't understand it. So it can't be right. Like that's bullshit. Like blah blah blah. And I'm like, all right, finally, like, I dropped it, and then I'm like, whatever. So I sent him the article to my mother-in-law, because my mother-in-law was, of course, taking my father-in-law's side, too. Oh, no, he's right. He's been doing it for years. And I'm like, listen, I normally would let little shit like this go. However, this is a matter of, like, safety, and if he's going to give advice to, like, other people in the family, including my niece now, who's just starting to drive, like, It's important that he does it correctly. So that's why I didn't let it go. And Margaret's like rolling her eyes. She's like, he's an old man. Just let him live his life. And I'm like, fuck no. This motherfucker needs to be taught a lesson. So I sent him uh, the article to my mother-in-law. I get an email. I'm not shitting you at like 5 in the morning that he's like, you're right. I'm wrong. But it's a moot point if she gets four new tires. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Is that (laughs) real? What did I just listen to? Is that real? I know Maggie, I can't believe it either. So I'm like, oh my god. So we get her on the on the horn again the next morning because Maggie and my mother-in-law always eat breakfast together via Skype or whatever, FaceTime. And he's there and he's like, and she's like, Bill, did you apologize to Max and tell him that you were wrong? And I swear to God, that was like the biggest slap in this dude's (laughs) face. And he was like, Yeah, no, I sent him an email. And that is the story about how boomers will only listen to what's on the internet that already validates their pre-existing point of view. It's unbelievable. The end. And Brent, you suck. I beat you. Bye. <laughs> I, didn't,
3: I didn't see that part coming. I didn't listen to that beforehand. Anyway. Um, wow. I'm surprised you can. I would never talk to my father-in-law that way, first of all. But. I think you have a different relationship, so I understand. But you're absolutely right in your point. I mean, new tires always go on the rear axle, never the front. That's just like, you could Google it. Google it right now. I just did that to confirm his point. (laughs) It's like a simple Google search. That's just a stubborn boomer, dude, and that's for sure. And it's a funny point that you bring up about how boomers just believe. They validate their own opinions on the Internet. That's what they do. I mean, they they pick and choose what facts they want to believe. That's like my dad, dude. My dad just picks and chooses what he wants to believe. It's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, thank you for the story. I I found that very entertaining. We're going to go to uh, Dr. Foe.
1: Yo, I have to make this really quick and be somewhat quiet like a weirdo, but um, tough week. Uh, Maroon whooped my butt. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't curse either. Um, but... My team stinks, but I don't think it's as bad as uh, the first week was. Marone's fucking good. I hate how Spack's cocky, even though his team's (laughs) brutal and really, really shitty. And he just thinks of fantasy. You know, he has no no strategy. He just put up 50 for a backup running back that has three running backs that's going to touch the ball. Spack stinks, dude. But, uh, miss you guys. Thanks for doing this, Brent. I'm about to win 12 in a row. I'm gonna win, dude. Don't know what else to say. But, uh, yeah. All right, bye.
3: <laughs> dude, he cracks me up. That was fucking, that was great. Thanks for checking in, bro. Um, the little whispers gets me going. Rough week one for you, brother in the uh trying to defend that title you know you left the belt here by the way thanks because i'm gonna just take it back bring it back, bring it back. let's go to jake and Rico.
6: Ew Kamish. sleepy joe checking in just woke up from a nap feeling kind of sleepy what else is new i'm old i'm senile and i have dementia um you know I wish I had dementia in real life after watching that Eagles game on Sunday. That was not good. Not good at all. Kind of how we ended the season when we had that playoff game against the Saints in New Orleans, when we were up 14 0 and then managed to choke that lead away. Just felt kind of the same. Like you're up, you're feeling confident, and then you just can't do anything. And you just feel it slipping out of your hands, and there's nothing you could do about it. But, you know, sometimes it's how the cookie crumbles. It's a long season, there was a lot of injuries. I think they'll bounce back. I think they'll be okay. Um, But what won't be okay is my fantasy football team. Holy shit. Holy shit. You could say drafting wide receivers out the wazoo was not a good strategy. You could say drafting Leonard Fournette as my first running back was not a good strategy. You could theoretically say drafting Ryquell Armstead was just a waste of a draft pick. I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't have any running backs on my team. It's not looking good. I'm in trouble. Somehow though, there are teams that are worse than mine. I don't know how, but they're there. Namely BJ, namely someone in the Gentile division who's in second or third place and has like 20 less points than me. I don't know. Whatever. Hopefully like the birds, I'll figure it out. Um, anywho, still in Puerto Rico. Looking forward to, uh, Getting back October 3rd. Hopefully seeing my boys before I head up to Maine. Hopefully playing some goof, watching some foosball. You know, playing some papaya. We'll see how it goes. Anywho, just checking in. Sleepy Joe, going back for another nap.
3: Jake going to need a napper because that team... Oof. Wide receivers out there. wazoo, dude. And Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I'm, but like... The thing that made me just like laugh hysterically is that there are teams that I, in my opinion, are worse than Jake. And I proved that in the power rankings. Don't at me. You know what I'm saying? Thanks for checking in for Puerto Rico. Jake, the uh, reigning podcast contributor of the year. Can he go for two? Got ML checking back in.
5: Is Jake like a full-blown Puerto Rican yet? You think he's speaking like straight up spanish like on the reg do you think he's now taking comcast calls but in spanish do you think he's watching spanish television and knows what's going on is puerto rico a part of america do they vote in our election i don't really know all these things man puerto rico is like just like some place i just don't really know a whole lot about looks like he's dodging a few bullets down there with hurricane season but hurricane season's not over yet dude you get like you know you got to be careful um, But, yeah, Jake. Hasta luego, homie. <laughs> we hope and pray that hurricanes don't
3: ravage Puerto Rico ever again, obviously. But uh, I want to say something about Jake's approach to speaking Spanish because I think he's made huge progress. I mean, I don't know where that his baseline was, but when I've been around Jake, he makes a huge effort, it, at least it seems to me, to try to learn Spanish. And I think that's cool. I mean, why wouldn't you want to speak to your wife in her native tongue? It's like sexy, isn't it? That's what Jake's trying to go for. He's got a lot of motivation to do that. Like imagine your Maria and your husband is speaking Spanish to you and he worked his ass off to learn it. There you go, Jake. Climb that mountain, dude. Get to that next level. That's the next level in your relationship, in my opinion, is speaking Espanol affluently. I don't know how to say that because obviously... I'm an uncultured swine. So, yeah, full-blown Puerto Rico, but only if you try. In our hearts and in our minds. Anyway, let's go uh, to a late caller, uh, BJ, the Chicago Kid.
5: Uncle Butch checking in. Uh, It's been a little minute since I reached out, so Brent, I apologize for that. Uh, It's been a fucking pretty busy year for me, I'm not going to lie. Pretty stressful, COVID, you know. Weddings, getting moved four times Shit like that But uh, yeah, sorry about You know, not being as active as I want to be But Good luck to everybody this year It's going to be a very interesting year I'm not going to lie, I'm not really feeling it Fantasy really isn't at the top of my mind Like it usually is, it just feels a little off uh, Not really feeling my team either To be honest, but Michael Thomas is already hurt It's fucking bullshit But uh, yeah See what happens, but uh just want to say good luck to everyone. Thanks for Brent for uh running a, another great league. As Trump would say, big league. Uh yeah, appreciate it. Oh, yeah, man. Chikaka. Kid
3: out. <laughs> man, you guys put some stuff like right at the end of these clips that gets me. Chikaka. Um yeah, as Trump would say, we're big league we're doing we are gonna do it big league this league uh good stuff BJ thanks for checking in we miss you man you got to come back and hang out with the league it's all about camaraderie camaraderie let's close it out with Dave taking some shots at the commission
4: hey there still listening I'm drunk anyway I have a three bidden tuckers two basil Hayden's and Heineken. Ah, I'm drunk. Yeah, I said five or six small batch. I'm drunk. I also had five or six small batch bourbons. And yeah. So some of your sounders. Talk and issue your commish.
3: Hey there. Still listen. I'm drunk. Man. Is that what I sound like? I guess that is what I sound like. I am drunk. I'm pretty drunk, dude. Drink a lot of beers. Anyway, stay tuned. For afterward, you know. Uh, That's all the Sounders for today. Thank you all for checking in. Good week of Sounders. Strong. Strong performance from the crew. I appreciate it as always. It makes the show interesting and better. And you can skip all the way to the end to hear it. That's the beauty of podcasts. You don't like the shit in the front? You know, party in the back. We leave you tonight with a song chosen by your MVP. And I got to tell you, let's have some fun with this one. Stino the reclino bringing in the rhino decline F- t- t- i don't know let's go right. darn
2: ball it's raw. 7 days a week. Ass pussy, make that pull respect wait. me yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah you fucking with me some-
7: Aside in a mouth,
2: put this wet ass pussy. Give me everything you got. Put this wet ass. It's wrong. beat it up, nigga. Catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this pussy right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hot on top. I wanna ride. I do a giggle. What is the size? But in my mouth, look at my eyes. This pussy is wet. Come take a dial. I want you to park that big, mad truck right in this little garage. Make it cream, make me scream. I'm
7: clean, but let Aye. me tell you, I got Aye. this ring. It's the wrong. Me, drip down inside of me, quick jump out for you. Let it get inside of me. I tell him where to put it, never tell him where I'm about. To be. Down on I have a nigga running me. Talk your shit, bite your lip, ask for a call while you ride that dick. Why you you really ain't me. never got a fucking for a thing. He already made his mind up for a came. Now, get your boots, hang your coat, fuck this wet ass pussy. He bought a phone just for pictures of this wet ass pussy. Pay my tuition just it's to kiss wrong. me on his wet ass pussy. Now make it rain if you wanna see Pussy. Dur- Dur- Look, Durible. I need a
2: hard hit, I need a deep stroke, I need a henny drink, I need a weed smoke, not a garnet snake I need a king cobra with a hook in it, hoping lead over He got some more that's for me I'm Pussy ain't one, just like his credit. He got a beard when well, I'm trying to wet it. I never tasted now he got back. It's wrong respect. I want to go I want to gag I want to joke I want you to touch That little dangly thing That's swinging the back of my throat My head right. in fire But I need the sun He's going to dry It's coming outside
7: like Yeah Me, uh-huh. honor, I'm I a freak bitch Handcuffs, leashes Switch my wig Make him feel like a sheet Put him on his knees Give him something to believe in Never lost a fight But I'm looking for a beat It's wrong I'm the one that eats you If he ain't my ass He's a bottom beater Big beast That's me demeanor. I can make you bust Before I ever meet you If right. it don't hang Then it can't bang You can't hurt my feelings, but I
3: like
7: pain
2: both me as cool who's is it when I'm not the how spell my name. Right, right, right.
1: Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah you with
2: some wet ass. Puss. It's wrong. A and a ass Respect you me. wet ass, put dur- 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 her,
4: Dirm Durp Durnbolt it, it, It's 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 some days for the fucking boys. Yeah, Um, I think you
7: just got, uh, cucked.
3: Hey, Dave. Still listening? (laughs) And are y'all still listening? Uh, guys, I got, like, two weeks until my daughter is born. I have been saying to myself this whole time that Jen's been pregnant. I've got so much time to figure this shit out. I got two fucking weeks. She was supposed to be born October 6th. That was the projected due date based on conception Mm -hmm. but she hasn't flipped and if you don't know now you know babies need to flip head first down the down the bajango to come out and if they don't pretty much recommend a cesarean section because that's called a breach and ours is a frank breach i don't know why they called a frank breach must have been some dude named frank who discovered that this particular style of breach Where they lay, like, with their fucking feet over their head. It looks like a guy trying to suck his own dick. That's the Frank Breach position. That's how my baby is now inside my wife's uterus. Not to get too scientific and technical. This baby is, uh... It's coming soon. Because it's looking like, you know, we're gonna have to schedule a C-section the week of 928. We're shooting for October 1st, Friday. To let this baby come into the world And then that's it man I'm a dad That's fucking game changer Crazy In two weeks my life's gonna change Who knows how uh, (coughs) You know we're gonna fit in the podcast For those first few weeks You know I'm gonna do it and probably just get Fucking murdered by Jen But we'll make it happen You know I commit to things like this above all Even my daughter She'll come first trust me But I'll find time I always find time yeah, man, it's getting real. Here we are. It's it's the end of the fourth quarter. We're about to fucking punch this one into the end zone and celebrate. And that's it. I'm a dad. Forever and ever. Whew. Anyway, this has been Talking Ish with your Gamish. We will see you next time.